Hey everybody, it's Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow coming to you a little before midnight on what day is today? Apparently it's Tuesday, May 10th. The Dallas Mavericks just got their asses whooped by the Phoenix Suns. 110 to 80. Uh the Mavericks played a pretty good first half. Uh, but you could see the sort of threads of things starting to unravel uh, at the end of the first half. They were down by three after losing the second quarter pretty badly. Then the Suns put the clamps on the uh, Dallas Mavericks in the third quarter. The Mavericks scored 13 points to 12 turnovers. And what was, in my opinion, and we're just going to need to talk about this further because anything after the third quarter didn't really matter, in what was probably the least competent performance from the entire team, from the coaching staff on down to every player that was on the floor. Hi, Josh. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Uh, I'm just, I was writing about the game yeah. and I just, I don't even know where to start with that third quarter because when I say like everyone, I'm including Jason Kidd because he called like what was technically a timeout for the um, Jalen Brunson charge review, which every single coach on the bench should have been like, do not challenge this. Like Brunson, Brunson, like he, he rolled over Chris Paul. And then after that, that was at the 750, 56 mark. The Mavericks didn't call a timeout again and just proceeded to get like, like, like whooped. And, you know, I don't, I'm not laying that at, the, I mean, I'm laying the decision to not do that at the feet of Jason Kidd, but I like, there's just so much bad decision-making from every person that mattered on the Mavericks. And I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I'm not thinking about that third quarter for a long time. <laughs> yeah, that was rough. Uh, I don't know if I've seen, it's been a long time since we've seen this Mavericks team unravel uh you know in the in the way they did in the third quarter and they also did it in the fourth quarter of game two so that's twice now in this series where they've just kind of laid an egg in, in a in a second half quarter you know fourth quarter game two now uh third quarter of game five and really like the staple of this team since the the Christoph Przingis trade and when they've been going on this crazy run has been that even like not only are they just winning games but they're just they're in it either in almost every game like i mean they're making comebacks or you know even if they lose you know it feels like they turn 20 point games into like seven or six point games so like even if it's a loss you kind of come away from it like okay well here were some things that they can they can move on from like they've been a pretty feisty team all things considered uh and yeah that third quarter was i mean 14 points 12 turnovers kind of says it all doesn't it i mean it was it was wild uh some of those turnovers uh and how just how quickly they came and from every like no one would like i think you said this no one was spared in that third quarter everyone played pretty poorly the coaching staff didn't do a good job it was just uh the game just kind of detonated on them in a, in a spectacular fashion and, and that was it that was the game yeah yeah i don't know i the mavericks like luca and brunson got great looks in the first quarter like really good looks that went down dorian finney smith hit two big threes and those two dorian finney smith threes in the first first quarter were the only non-luca brunson starter points until and those were in the first five minutes so 
Dorian had a pair of free throws in the fourth quarter when they were trying to make like a late insane rally. The game was, it was like, like uh, Dorian's made it 73 to 90, if I remember correctly. But no other Dallas starter scored outside of Luca, Brunson, and Dorian. So that means Reggie Bullock was 0 for 5. Um, Dwight Powell uh, was awful. Um, not really sure. I don't know. I, I don't like cracking on Dwight Powell because he's just doing what he was asked to do. But that was that that was the game in the moment where it seemed DeAndre Ayton realized that he was much bigger than Dwight Powell and just proceeded to manhandle him the entire game. Uh, third yeah, quarter but, was brutal. But when you say entire game, he played eight minutes. So but the okay, the eight minutes yeah. that he was on the floor. The yeah. eight minutes he, he was yeah, on the he floor. Was, for sure. And, and, I mean, I know he's only a negative one, but it's like like it was not. It was it was just like a, a the four minute stretch in the in the fourth or I'm sorry in the third that he played was just it was terrible it was terrible yeah, yeah. and I mean you can't like people are pretty mad about Powell I'm not trying to defend him because I mean in his eight minutes it, it wasn't great although the first half was pretty good I mean they got like a, an eight point lead with him on the floor early in the fir- in the first quarter so I mean it wasn't all terrible but yeah the third quarter kind of gave it all away. But at the end of the day, I mean, he's playing between like eight to ten minutes a game, yeah. and it's really hard for me to lay any sort of like big picture blame on him. If this were like, if the Mavericks lost this game by a possession or two, then it would be easier for me to to point at his eight minutes and be like, well, you know, that matters. It adds up. But mm-hmm. I mean, the Mavericks have lost each of these games. I mean. The Mavericks have lost by 30, 20, and 7. And even the, the seven-point loss in game one is a bit They were down by 20. Yeah, yeah. They were, they, the game was over when the fourth quarter started. Um, so, like, it's hard for me to look at Dwight Powell's minutes and be like, like, I mean, he has to play. Like, Maxi cannot play 48 minutes. They can't play Marquise Chris. It's pretty clear that they don't want to do extended runs with the small ball. I mean, they could, but, I mean, when you're – already asking so much of Dorian to then be like, oh, hey, you know, when you're not guarding Booker, you're guarding DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> like, I don't know how that would, uh, you know, I don't know what uh, would happen there. So to me, it's just more roster limitations and uh, like, you know, maybe you start Maxi and you play Pals, you know, you still give him eight minutes. Maybe those eight minutes come when, you know, Bismack Biombo or JaVale McGee are on the floor. Like, Maybe that's an adjustment, but I mean, you do that and you lose this game, you know, one ten to ninety two. Like I don't, I don't know. Like that. Yeah, it, no, it, yeah. it certainly. It, it just, it's one of those things where, when the Mavericks get their depth exposed, it feels like they get shredded to the core, um, and that's like a team thing as a whole. And it's just you know, you go through, and I wrote about this. You know, the 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 non Luca Brunson starter or players for the team scored 31 points and if we remove you know incandescent sharpshooter davis bertans that's 21 points and that really comes down to maxi scoring four dorian scoring eight and everyone else scored garbage time buckets so it's like basically 12 you know 22 what is here so so yeah 22 total points from your bench guys which not bench guys your non-stars 14 points from your from your bench and and the Mavericks just just 
Oh, no, I'm, I'm not doing the math right. I'm really tired. I'm sorry, guys. Spencer Dinwiddie was awful. Like, he's so far down the the um, the um score. I don't know why they have him in the in the ESPN box score. Like, he's like the third guy from the bottom a lot of the time. Anyway, Spencer Dinwiddie scored two points in 16 minutes. Um, Cleaver scored four points. Uh, you know, Frank Nilakina, uh scored three points. He, he, it's, it's just, it, it's like you watch this game and it's, when these guys play at home and things are going well, because I mean, again, they minus Luca, they hit 18 of 31 threes the other night. Tonight, the Mavericks hit six of 24 threes when you back out Luca's numbers. And, you know, that's not the game, but that's a significant portion of why they got their asses kicked. Yeah. Um, I'm going to throw something out there. I tweeted this, but I'm going to throw something out there. I'm going to tell you. Dorian Finney-Smith's three-point attempts in these games. So let's look at the losses. Let's let's look at the losses. So games one, two, and now five. Game one, six three-point attempts. Game two, zero three-point attempts. Game five, five three-point attempts. Now let's look at the two wins, Dorian's three-point attempts. Uh, Game three, 11. (laughs) Game five, 12. Uh, I feel like this has been a theme for a while. I think we've talked about it on the show. We've talked about it on the site, you know, everywhere. Like, I feel like this is a point. I'm, I'm starting to beat a dead horse. But, like, if you want to know how good the Mavericks offense was, just look at Dorian's three-point attempts because he is a strictly spot-up, you know, in trans- or, you know, in-transition shooter. He's not a pull-up guy. He's not creating his own shot. And he's also not a guy that's going to, like, run off screens uh, like Bullock has been doing. So, like, his three-point attempts are indicative of, okay, was the ball moving around? Were the Mavericks able to get the defense into rotations and, and find Finney Smith for those spot up looks? And you know, when he's not getting a lot of shots, it it's just like the offense is molasses and it's just very gunky and slowed down. And and well, they so I'm yeah, glad you talked about that. I thought the Suns, so it's, I got a number of direct messages from people being like, "Why did Luca decide to play like James Harden?" and I, you know, I just, I kind of pushed back in so far as I could. I don't, I'm really, I'm a little bit confused with what the Mavericks did on offense, but I will say what the Suns did on defense was really impressive. Um, Luca wanted a lot of those post-ups and he didn't get them. He got them all at the three-point line. Yes. And so if he's expecting to back down like 24 feet, that's just a winning proposition for the Suns unless he's getting foul calls. And Luca got a few. But they were sending soft doubles at, at you know, where Aiton in particular, when he was out there on the floor with Maxi, he just takes one big step over. And, you know, I was got to say this. Luca, Luca doesn't particularly like challenging Aiton. Uh, he, he really, like, just shies away. And it's odd because the Mavericks actually score really well over Aiton. Um, I'm sure somebody's just going to come at me and blast me for this, but I've seen one too many Luca step back three pointers over eight and not go in the last four games. And I'm just kind of tired of it. Um, and, and what the Suns did was really force the Mavericks into they were playing like an isolation game. I mean, they had nine assists on 27 made baskets. Whereas I did the math before this. Let's see if I still, yeah, I still have it here. In games three and four, they had 47 assists on 78 made baskets. And so for those of you who don't like math, in game five, their their shots were 33% assisted. And then in games three and four, they were 60% assisted. And that's not 
just because the Mavericks were playing a certain way. The Suns forced them into that, and the Mavericks had no counters. Yeah, I was a little – I don't know if they did a good job at, at stringing Aiton out like they did in the first two games. Uh, I feel like they they were really – like you said, they were really evident on that Luka post-up. And that Luka post-up 22 to 25 feet from the basket is just like – that is not – that is nope. not cool. That is, I'm not digging that offense. Um, and they just get in the offense really slow. And that's just, you know, that's a thing with with Luca is just the time it takes to initiate. And the Suns are good. And I know that the Mavericks like to play, a, you know, a slower possession, slow tempo game. But there's got to be some sort of middle ground between, you know, the how slow they want to play and like breakneck speed, like. I feel like they don't necessarily need to be like running it up and down and, and in transition all the time necessarily or pushing really hard, but they just need to get across the half court line, like just a tad faster and just start these sets a little quicker because I don't, it felt like almost every possession when this game mattered, uh, it was just that's shots the coming in the Luka. final five seconds of the shot clock. That the, the starting possessions is on Luca. The, where the ball ends up on these possessions like I felt that the the Dallas coaching staff made precisely zero adjustments when things started to go to hell. And that's that that's not a thing we've seen where Jason Kidd was so good out of timeouts this year. And the Mavericks were too, one of the best out of timeout teams in the league, and they didn't call any timeouts. <laughs> yeah. I mean it, it was a it was a it's been a weird series. I mean, for as as dominant as the Suns were in games one and two, the Mavericks were equally as dominant in games three and four. Like we haven't had a close game all series. We haven't had any of these games qualify for clutch minutes, you know, Mm -hmm. which is, uh, you know, what this, the margin within five points with five minutes or less in the fourth quarter. Uh, It's just weird. Um, The Suns definitely made more adjustments. You know, they basically kicked uh, campaign and JaVale McGee out of the rotation, replaced them with, uh, with Bismack Biombo and Landry Shamit. I know that doesn't sound big, but I mean, Biombo yeah. played 21 minutes and was like effective. And if like, I mean that he seemed a little bit more spry in, in guarding the pick and roll. You know, McGee obviously has the te- the the build for it. He's just a space cadet uh, a lot of times. So, uh, and then you know, with campaign, that was a guy that Luca ruthlessly targeted. And Shamit isn't like you know a lockdown guy, but he's just a little bigger, a little beefier. Uh, and he's just a little bit harder to take advantage of like they did you know, with Payne. I don't know if that was the difference in turning this from the Suns getting beaten down in three games three and four into a 30-point win for them, but, I mean, they they add up. These adjustments kind of added up. And, of yeah. course, Paul played a full game and didn't get crazy foul trouble, and he wasn't even, like, amazing. But it's it's evident how much better the Suns' offense is when he's playing – 35 to 40 minutes as opposed to, you know, whatever was happening in game four and game three where he was just out of sorts. So, uh, you know, he had 10 assists. Um, but really the Mavs defense wasn't that bad considering the fact that the Mavericks had, you know, 12 turnovers in a quarter uh, and shot the ball as poorly as they did, which gave Phoenix, you know, multiple possessions against an unset defense. So the fact that the Suns, like, I mean, they had a, a good offensive game, uh, you know, they were close to 49% from the field, 37 and a half from three. But that's not like you can overcome that. Like that, like I'm not looking at this game as like they need to make a ton of defensive adjustments. Like I think they did okay. The offense was just so absolutely putrid. And like you said, I know credit the Suns. The Suns did a lot of good things. Um, the way they were able to keep, you know, Aiden on the floor 
relatively and not i mean that was the difference game four i mean every time eight was on the floor the mavericks were getting open three after open three after open three mm-hmm. uh, and i need to go back and watch i don't know i can't remember watching real time specifically what the suns did with Aiton, uh but it definitely worked it definitely worked better uh didn't feel like they were getting shred getting whatever three-point looks they wanted in this one yeah yeah i'm I don't know. It, and it, I, I wrote, I'm looking at my own, you know, love referencing my own writing makes me feel like a real asshole. Um, I just, this is one of those where it's like, I, you know, I, I'm not really mad. I'm a little frustrated by like the complete, I'm, I'm trying to figure out if I would be, if I would be, if I'd be mad or if, if they got, if they lost by like nine probably not like the fact that they were so thoroughly annihilated makes this almost a little easier to deal with because (laughs) you know the last two games we're really excited because it was unexpected but it's got to be noted that the suns are just a deeper team and that sort of stuff can wear you over time and they did some interesting stuff and i don't know i i'm I'm going to be curious to see what you write and be curious to see what sort of the post-game takeaways are. Like, there's a whole lot of chatter in the post-game comments. Like, Luca is pissed. He said he he got caught on camera saying everybody acts tough when they're up. Um, going, you know, uh, going back to the locker room. And then he had some kind of comments about the fact that in the third quarter they didn't, they didn't play like themselves. Um, and... I don't know. I I was really, you know, you turned off the the thing. One thing this is just a little thing, but it's like there was silliness at the end of the game, like Marquise Chris, and a lot of people are yelling at me, where it's like, oh, Chris did the right. It's like, no, guys, like everybody's down thirty. You know, there's something that happened. I don't know if you saw this. Like Jake Crowder got hurt. Like there's no word on him, but he might like he went down with what looked like like a potential separated shoulder. Um, that could be huge. As much as you don't want to talk about injuries affecting a game. Um, there's just like, I'm struggling to kind of figure out what to talk about this game just because that third quarter was just such a thorough ass whooping. I mean, they went, they, they scored four points and then they went five and a half minutes with no points. <laughs> it's just, yeah. just terrible. Like it's it just, that was the game. That was the whole game. Yeah. And I think I want to talk about like, you know, like you said, it's hard to, hard to find things that, to talk about when it's such an ass kicking uh but i want to like i feel like we need to talk about luca um and i think we were pretty frustrated watching his game as it was happening and i was wondering like okay as the game goes on am i gonna maybe i don't know if cool off is the right word but am i just gonna feel differently and to be honest i'm i'm not I I feel like a lot of this game, and this is probably not fair because again, you look at the box score and it is just a wasteland uh, after Luca and Brunson. But like something about this game feels like it kind of starts and ends with Luca in terms of his disposition in this game. I don't know if I'm being too armchair psychologist, but I mean the body language didn't look great. And oh, the body language went to hell. Like he had two early shots and made some sweet dimes. And he was like, I, he basically started playing like I'm in my bag. I was exchanging messages with someone and the Mavericks opened the game where they were like on, they were scoring like two point, And this is such a small sample size, but 
every time the, they went into the paint, they got scores. And then the final six minutes of the first quarter, they took lots and lots of fadeaways. The ball stopped moving and things felt grimy and they just never got it back. And I do. And I do think that, that some of that has to rest on Lucas shoulders. I don't want to solely place it there, but if he's, no, you know, no. if he's going to have a usage rate like he does and want to control the ball, it gets into what you had mentioned a little bit ago, where if, you know, you're getting the ball across half court at 17 seconds instead of 19 seconds, that's two less seconds to get a decent shot off. It, that stuff just yeah. matters over the course of the game. Yeah. And I mean, he hasn't, his overall numbers look spectacular. Like, and they always do. Like, I'm I'm gonna say another thing. I don't know if this is I'm ranting on this or not, but I'm a little tired of every time Luca has a bad game, and someone's like, oh, "It's so funny ever." You know, Luca's bad game. He's he has 28 points and 11 rebounds. I'm like, guys, he has the, his he has a 45 percent usage rate. Like, I, he shoots 25 to 30 times a game. Like, of course mm-hmm. he's gonna have numbers. Yeah, he, he shot plays. 23 times, and he passed yeah. out of four times he should have shot the ball and then gave hand grenades to someone else because he ran yeah. the possession wrong. Yeah, and, like, again, I'm not trying to, like, overly kill him, but I'm just tired of, like, when we tempt a criticism, it's, oh, well, I mean, how can you really blame? I mean, the guy had 28 points and 11 rebounds. It's like, guys, we're in, like, a different era of the NBA now where these counting stats mean matter, of like, slightly less because of the way these guys have the ball and the, and the way they're getting shots up compared to, you know, when we watched Dirk uh, and he would, he would score, you know, like 30 points on like 18 shots. It's just a different, it's the league is just a little different now. And it's just, you know, this is three straight games. He's been under 50% from the floor and under 30% from three. Uh, And it's just, we kind of assume greatness with Luca in the playoffs because entering this these playoffs, I mean, his numbers have been absolutely bananas. And I guess we've never stopped to consider, like, well, what if he has, like, a bad playoffs? I'm not saying he hasn't had a bad playoffs, but these three games leave a lot to be desired for me, even though the Mavericks won two of them. Uh, I think he, he played a good passing game in games three and four, but, I mean, he's still shooting – miserably um and you know there were three of his last 18 three-pointers yeah and the and the jazz series you know he came back and had had a really nice couple scoring games but that game four loss was really like he just kind of felt off he didn't play particularly great clean game in game six i'm just nitpicky and you know he's coming off the calf injury he might still be hurt like i mean he might still be like feeling that for all we know but again, like if he's playing and if he's playing 35 minutes, we just have to look at it. And I just haven't felt great about his offensive game the last three games. Yeah. And then tonight his defense as was as he usually is. Like his yeah. playmaking in game four was, was astounding. Great. Yes. Yeah. It's just he he hasn't had that game that holy shit, it's Luka Doncic game. He hasn't had that. I That's mean, maybe okay. game one, the 45 points in game one, but again, right. he that gets dampered because the second half, he basically, you know. Well, and the game was over. Yeah. The game, like, like he scored a bunch of, he scored like 12 points after the game was over. That's not taken away from the final numbers, but it's something that you gotta, that you gotta, you know. Yeah. And so he took, he took 23 shots tonight and four of them were at the rim. And I don't know. It's just, you know, he was four of six from mid-range, and that's great. I just I think the Suns are totally cool with him making 
yeah. fadeaways and floaters. And as long as he's not killing Aiton with the step back three, and as long as he's not, you know, bulldozing his way to the rim, like we've seen him have these historic games where he just plows his way to the rim and gets to the basket. Like I, the Suns, I think yeah. the Suns are totally cool with whatever else he does after that. Well, if and I want to make that. I want to talk about one more thing before we go. Cause I had like, I always try to balance and I, I love talking with a lot of the people that read our stuff. And I, I know there's a certain whole section of people that just lose their minds whenever we're talking about Luca because they think we're being unfair. And like, I want everyone here to understand that Josh and I are doing this in the context that everyone else in the Mavericks, including Jalen Brunson kind of sucked. And in some yes. cases really, really sucked um Brunson is as great as he's played in this playoffs was the driving force between the game getting out of hand like he had three turnovers in three minutes that is not like Brunson anyway we're just pointing that like I don't know how to talk about Spencer Dinwiddie for example (laughs) like I I want like like I'm sitting here saying Luca might need to play do this specific thing better in order for the Mavericks to win like Spencer needs to stop fucking being terrible. Like there's no, there's no like nuance to that discussion. <laughs> no. Can you believe that he's playing worse than the jazz? He's series? Worse. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I can't believe it. He had 15. He averaged 15 a game uh, in that jazz series. I mean, he's averaging seven. Now he shoots well, I mean, 25 the percent Mavericks from the floor. No, they can't play him. He has three, he has three turnovers, three yeah, turnovers tonight. He didn't play in game four uh, they, down the stretch. The stretch they yeah. played Frank. Uh, yeah, the three tu- three turnovers in 16 minutes and 0 for 3 from the field. That's that's tough. I mean, it's – I don't know if it's like the season catching up to him. Uh, you know, he played a lot of minutes uh, toward the end of his stretch with Dallas. I mean, he played a lot of minutes in Washington too. But I don't know. It's tough to say, you know, he's coming off an ACL. I don't know if he's running – is he running out of steam? But, I mean – the drop off from his regular season play to now is just crazy. And I think the thing that's really disappointing is that I know that he had those big games in the regular season when Luca was out or whenever he would need to start. But what was so nice was like, he was, he fit so well coming off the bench and like playing well in 18 minutes or playing well in six, like, like he seemed to adjust to being like a more spot player and not necessarily needing to get 20 shots a game and, and well, he's no longer attacking. I no. mean, he took two. He took two, three. Let me yeah, see two here. of his three shots were threes. Or threes. Yeah, and, and then, then he drove once, and he got and free throws, and then he just didn't do it again. Yeah, and he had like another weird contested floater was his third yeah. shot. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, this is what we mean, guys. Where it's like, okay, we talk about Luca because talking about Luca is actually interesting because when you do <laughs> talk about Luca. You can also say, here's the thing that he can probably change and see what happens. It might result in better things for the Mavericks. And nine and times out of ten, he does it. And then, then he game. does it. Yeah. It's like this dude rules. Like we understand he rules. I just want to, I just wanted to kind of get that context out yeah, there because I'm trying, I'm trying to have like like people hate that sort of thing. And it's just like, well, you know, we're talking, we like basketball, we want to talk about the specific stuff. Anyways. Yeah. But yeah, I don't it's it's bizarre to see this team in game four and this team in game five. It's just I, yeah. does home court matter that much? Because like honestly, are you going to be shocked if they come out in game six and they win by twelve? I don't. I mean, maybe you are. I don't know. I, don't, I can't read your mind right now, but I wouldn't. I mean, it's just been that kind of series. Yeah. No, that's right. I mean, and and we'll be back here Thursday um, for game six. 
And, you know, I, I've, I've been saying this where it's just like, this is all kind of found money at this point. You know, you can see a lot of things about where, okay, if the Mavericks were to come back and win game six, I wouldn't be shocked. If they were to come out and get just leveled, I wouldn't be shocked either. And there's, they've just squeezed so much <laughs> juice from this berry that I'm just, I get frustrated on the game to game, but then you pull back and you're like, what? Like they're doing this without, again, Spencer Dinwiddie, who was like the driving force to, to helping them close out a lot of these games. Like it's really nuts. I mean, yeah, this is basically the last, this is basically the 2020 and the 2021 team just without Kristaps. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, like I've been listening to some Suns blogs and like, this is the problem with being really, really good is whenever you lose it, it kind of makes you lose your mind. Some of the Suns podcasts I've listened to where it's just like, they don't know how to cope with loss because their team is so good and they've lost two times to this Mavericks team. And it is baffling. Whereas you and I, and you know, me and Clint the other night and some of the other losses, it's like, oh, okay, you know, this is I think we're critical of some specific stuff. Yeah. But it's like more or less you and I and, and anybody that really likes basketball understands that like this Suns team was a number one seed for a very clear reason. Yeah, and I think you could say they've already just pushing it to six games if that's what happens. I mean, mm-hmm. is already better than what a lot of people thought. So yeah. I mean, it felt like they could lose four straight and they didn't. So right. And one more, and one more thing before we go, like Bullock was over, like was we talked about him, zero points. I I feel like he's he's like emblematic of like the running out of gas, like because think about his defensive responsibility for two straight series, and he's basically been playing you know almost forty minutes a night for about two two and a half weeks. And on offense, he's not like they don't use him like Dorian on offense. I mean, he's setting off ball screens and he's popping and he's running around curls. Like, I would love to see like how many miles he runs. You know, the NBA tracks that. I mean, I might want to look that up. Like, how many they track the distance each player runs. I mean, Bullock's got to be close to top of that with the what he has to do on defense and then on the other side of the ball and what he's doing on offense. So, as much as it stunk to see him, you know, miss all his shots and score zero points, it kind of felt like they, he was due for a game like this because I mean, yeah. the human body can only can only do so much, and he's been I mean he's been in he's been an unbelievable warrior for them. So he has been. Hope hopefully he can get some some rest over the next twenty four to forty eight hours and right and have some fresher legs for for Thursday. Well. I don't know. You and I will be back because uh, we like talking about this team as evidenced by the fact we've talked for a half hour. So <laughs> I'll let you go back to your writing. Uh, check out my recap, which is not my finest work. I'm just, I'm, I'm toast. I am Reggie Bullock <laughs> out. <laughs> I love yeah. uh, if I am a little staff too. has made it to this point in the podcast. Cause I know some of you weirdos, write. Somebody else write the recap for Thursday. I don't want to. I'll probably end up <laughs> writing it. That's, that's just the nature. All right, guys. Kirk Henderson and Josh Bo, thanks so much. Be listening in for the Spotify Live. I'll post that a little, uh, a little later tomorrow. Everybody be good.